Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific stocks are trading mixed this morning following a night of wobbly trade on Wall Street. Sydney is up 1%. Seoul is also in the green, but not by much. And Tokyo is trading marginally lower as investors consider how the country's next Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, may impact markets. Joining me now to break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. Now, this morning, we start with the world of energy, oil, gas, solar power, the fuel that keeps economies running and people's homes cooled or warmed to livable temperatures, depending on the season, of course. Earlier, we talked about how an energy crunch in China is leading to power cuts and work stoppages. Factories producing everything from toys to vital components for Apple and Tesla, they're being caught in the fallout. Now, the prices of natural gas and coal, meanwhile, have surged to multi-year highs. It appears that economic recovery is colliding with supply constraints. And not that there's ever a good time for this, but coming as it is now, as the US and Europe prepare for winter, these price hikes could be exacerbated by further demand as people heat up their homes. Now, Ryan, let's take a look at this from an investor standpoint. What are some of the sectors and the companies that stand to benefit from a power crunch? That's right. Winter is coming for some parts of the market. And if you look at what's going to play out. Uh, you've seen this actually already in the past few weeks. Prices of oil, natural gas, all creeping up, just extending the rallies year to date. And just to give you an example of mm. where we are right now for, for example, oil, crude oil. Uh, year to date, it is up around 50 plus percent. Natural gas up 114 percent. So you can tell this is going to play out um, with a big impact across many sectors. So let's start with how that is going to play out for gas. So there's going to be some winners here. And of course, you expect those behind exporting gas will have higher profit margins. And the likely winners here would be your big names like Woodside Petroleum, Malaysia's Petronas, um, we've got India's Oil and Natural Gas Corporation and Reliance Industries. So these are some of the names you might see um, that could benefit from higher prices. And in turn, the importers might get hit. So you have Indian gas importers at Petronet. Uh, these will be some names to look out for in terms of uh, potential headwinds. And in the space of coal and power, some names to look out for will be Indonesia's Adaro Energy, Australia's Whitehaven Coal, um, with coal prices going up. This is one of the still commonly used fuels for heating or generating power, which in turn is used for heating homes and businesses. So that is one that may benefit coal miners. Uh, But higher prices will not benefit power generators who need the coal. So they will mean uh, they will see higher business costs because um, they will find it hard to pass on those costs to consumers because in many countries, the regulators have control or some uh, regulations around the rates that consumers can be charged. Mm. And when there's a spike in, in ingredient costs or raw material costs, it's very hard for them to spike up, so to speak, the consumer prices as well. So that is going to see them, in many cases, absorb the higher 
prices. So ones to watch out for will be Huangneng Power International in China and also in China, Huadian Power. Mm-hmm. Those will be ones to watch. And so far this week, they've seen some losses on Monday, quite steep ones before recovering slightly on Tuesday. And if you look at where we are for the global supply chain, um, we've seen the power cuts having impact on many factories. They've been told to cut back on production. And this will affect producers for iPhones, car makers. So Apple supplier ASE technology will be one to watch. Uh, you've got another one in the area of car makers. So traders are watching out for BYD, Geely, Lee Auto, Xpeng. So these are also factories that could see a bit of a reduction in activity. So that's going to play out as well. So companies that export gas and mine coal stand to benefit from higher prices. You think that higher fossil fuel prices would be good news as well for alternative energy companies. And it is for some, but not apparently for solar. Now, why is that? Yeah, you would expect that. Well, things could f- to flow from one side to another, mm. but not so much when you look at what's playing out for solar power. And that's because when you think about the solar panels, it does require some form of production, some form of raw materials, and those things are going up in terms of costs. And if you look at what's required going into these panels, um, some of these prices of silicon metal have jumped up by as much as 300% since the start of August. That's just two months earlier. So you are seeing quite a bit of a impact when it comes to the supply chain effects. And also what's compounding that has been the earlier issue of um, the U.S., um, just banning some of these Chinese imports or detaining them at least because of labor issues, allegations of mm. labor issues around Xinjiang region. Mm-hmm. So all of that has been feeding into higher solar panel costs. So not great news if you are trying to set up a solar panel factory or to generate solar panel or rather solar energy. We're going to keep an eye on this. The price of a barrel of Brent crude, meanwhile, is trading above 78 US dollars a barrel. And West Texas crude is trading just shy of 75 US dollars. Let's turn to another issue, overhanging markets, inflation and the Fed. Now, for the better part of this year, the word transitory has been sort of almost a mantra for US Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. He has continually reassured markets that price hikes will not be long long-lasting. Now, though, it appears that inflation is turning out to be a bit more of a bugbear than he'd expected, and transitory could be replaced by a new word, and that word would be frustrating. Ryan, fill us in. What's the latest? Yeah, talking about transitory, Jerome Powell is transiting to a different tone right now, so he's been saying, you know, inflation will go away, it will fade away, but now he is at least acknowledging that these effects are going to be there longer than what he previously thought. Yeah. So what basically is happening is, uh, even though we've got vaccination rates going up, uh, you still have the spread of the Delta variant still quite an issue. And also, that's one of the reasons why uh, prices are going up. Supply chain bottlenecks because of the restriction of uh, movement of people. Uh, that is shutting down some factories in some cases. So that all feeds into higher prices. And we talked about higher energy costs. So some of those supply chain bottlenecks are still there. Mm. Uh, we've got the lack or supply or the failure to ramp up 
uh, production fast enough to meet demand. So all that has seen a spike in prices. So it really comes down to what camp you're in right now, uh, whether you expect these issues to moderate or at least fade away uh, or whether that will stay. So it's really a bit of a guessing game here how the future looks like. Good to see Jerome Powell explain, displaying some empathy, I think, you know, with everybody on the ground saying he's frustrated that getting people vaccinated, arresting the spread of the Delta variant uh, remains the most important economic policy that we have. But saying he's fr- it's frustrating to see the bottlenecks and the supply chain problems not getting any better. U.S. markets finished mixed overnight. The S&P 500 held on to modest gains despite a late bout of selling. The Dow finished higher as well. Nasdaq finished lower, though. So, Ryan, if we take a closer look at the tech-heavy Nasdaq, more than one quarter of its constituents now in bear market territory, meaning they're down 20% or more from their highs. Ryan, what are analysts saying about this? Now, is this a sign that Nasdaq itself is headed for a bear market or is this time for bargain hunters to swoop in? Yeah, so if you look at the Nasdaq 100 index, which is where you've got a lot of technology stocks, uh, you would notice... Many of them are actually in bear market territory. In fact, at least a quarter of them. And some of the big names are at the top of the list. And let me run through with you what's at the top. Pinduoduo, for example, uh, the Chinese tech company is down 58% from its 52-week high. And just to step, take a step back uh, for a bit, a bear market means it's down at least 20% from its 52-week high. So Pinduoduo down 58%, Baidu down 56%, Zoom Video down 55%, Peloton Interactive, which is behind the fitness bikes and equipment, down nearly 48%, Biogen down 39%, Splunk, NetEase, Vertex, Trip.com, Insight, JD.com, all down at least 30% from their 52-week highs. So you can kind of tell tech stocks not really doing well, at least these names. Um, So you might be tempted, hey, it looks cheap right now to get in. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have the risk appetite for growth names, and there are quite a few headwinds we'll get into later, uh, you could consider it if you believe in the ratings from analysts we talk about how Pinduoduo was down 58% from its 52-week high. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you look at the buy ratings, it's got the backing of nearly 80% of the analysts polled by a fact set. So 8 out of 10 people or analysts believe that you know, it's still a buy with a 35% upside potential. And Baidu, we talk about how it was down more than 50% from its 52-week high. Uh, there's a buy rating. of the community believe it's got 40% upside. Zoom video, 5 out of 10 analysts believe it's a buy. Um, Well, it's worth noting neutral. We've got 4 out of 10. Um, So you do have quite a strong backing for some of these big names who seem to have quite a bit of optimism around um, at least some of these growth stocks. NetEase down 37%. JD.com down 30.4%. Now, one of my favorite phrases that I have noticed that retail investors use these days is to the moon, as in Bitcoin or GameStop going to the moon. But that big rock orbiting the Earth is actually making headlines in a different way this morning as a space race between two of the world's richest men is being played out in court and in the media. 
I'm talking about Elon Musk versus Jeff Bezos, SpaceX versus Blue Origin. Now, the latest dig is this. Elon Musk is telling Jeff Bezos, quote, you cannot sue your way to the moon. Fill us in, Ryan. What's behind the spat? Yeah, so this <laughs> moon journey is becoming a bit of an ego trip. So mm. you've got on one side Elon Musk, the latest, of course, you expect him to do so, you know, taking a dig at Jeff Bezos from Amazon. So he has tweeted, you cannot sue your way to the moon. So you have to take a, a step back to look at what's happening here. The background is uh, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin, the space company, sued SpaceX earlier this year by way of NASA because they were not happy with the award of a contract to Elon Musk's company SpaceX over an astronaut lunar lander contract worth $2.9 billion. So there was a bit of a dispute over this contract. And Blue Origin then went on in a, on in a PR offensive in August to just put more pressure on SpaceX. And now this latest tweet is the latest of a series or back and forth over social media and whatever media can find, they've been going at it uh, against each other. So Elon Musk has now come out to say, hey, stop suing me. In fact, you've been doing so for every 16 days this year. You should be putting your energy into going into space rather than going to lawsuits. So that is the latest <laughs> salvo. Oh my goodness. Uh, people are reading the subtweets here, you know, and uh, noting that SpaceX has sued the US government. Elon Musk says, yes, we sued in order to compete, uh, but Blue Origin is suing to stop competition. I'm just waiting for this movie to come out one day, right? All <laughs> the millionaires or billionaires you know, trying to get into space and then there's the subplots, the series or the episodes where you have you know, the bickering going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is indeed an ego trip, isn't it? Let's turn now to corporate news. It's time for our game of Up or Down. Our first entry also comes from the world of space exploration. Let's look at Virgin Galactic, Ryan. Okay, so this is the company by Richard Branson, another rich guy who has made headway into space. So he is an up for me because the FAA, the regulator for aviation in the US, has cleared Virgin Galactic to return to flight. Uh, the background, of course, is there was a bit of an accident involving the recent space flight that carried Sir Richard Branson. So it has cleared them to return to space. So that's an up for me. Yeah, up for me as well. Virgin Galactic shares up 10% in after-hours trade after that decision by US regulators, which essentially clears the company for a return to space. So Richard Branson must clearly be smiling amidst all this uh, spats amongst Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Now, the locally listed seafood company Oceanus, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. You heard it uh, mentioned in our news as well. What do you think has happened so far? Yeah, it's an up for me. Mm. I'm not sure if it qualifies as going to the moon, but it's <laughs> definitely making uh, some strong headlines. And we saw it actually one of the top movers yesterday when it comes to the Singapore markets. Um, yesterday, it was up around 17% to $0.04, cents, one of the hottest stocks. That's after announcing its exit from the SGX, SGX watch list after six, six years. years. Yeah. So a big turnaround. They've been... Mm. You know, having a lot of issues with the operations, profits. So Peter Ko uh, came on board to really restructure things. So credit to him. Way up for locally listed seafood company Ocean is from me as well. Our next two entries come from the world of cryptocurrencies. Let's start with the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, RBNZ. 
Okay, so it looks like another central bank may be jumping on the bandwagon when it comes to digital currencies. Mm -hmm. So what we have here is RBNZ looking at the possibility of a digital currency, a central bank digital currency. And it's worth noting one of the potential users they cited is is used possibly as a monetary policy tool. So something they could um, just manufacture or make to maybe next time down the road as a form of QE, you know, just making a token instead of printing money. Yeah, yeah. We know China looking forward to using its central bank digital currency, according to sources, at the Winter Olympics next year. So uh, we'll, we'll see who wins this race. So hard to say if it's a clear up or down, but I'm going with up as RBNZ explores its own path to a digital currency. Next, let's look at Hatton Land. All right, Hatton Land's a Malaysia property developer, and this will be an up for me. So mm. it's also riding this uh, this crypto trend. Uh, and this comes off the latest announcement. It's signed an agreement with Singapore's Frontier Digital Asset Management to run at least 1,000 cryptocurrency mining rigs at its group's properties in Malaysia. And it's worth noting, it signed a similar agreement not too long ago in recent weeks. And this would then mean all in 3,000, at least 3,000 crypto mining rigs that it will be running uh, at its retail malls, for example, in Malacca. So that is something I think that could bring in some additional revenue for Hatton then. So up for me. Interesting to see if other developers as well explore this path of repurposing their uh, physical spaces, right? So up for me as well with Hatton Land, the Singapore listed company converting its shopping malls in Malaysia into cryptocurrency mining rigs. Yep. Have you seen any of these rigs? No, but I've been reading how it's going to be set up. So they hmm. Put um, solar panels on the rooftops of these shopping centers. Yep. So, so you've got sunshine every day, so it's almost free money, so to speak. Mm. Let's turn to Singapore now. The Straits Times Index finished marginally lower yesterday at 3074. As we enter the last trading day of the month, the SDI off a bit less than half a percent in September. Ryan, what are the chances that the index erases those losses today to finish off the month in positive territory? Well, there might be there might be a good chance, and this is after mm. a two day losing streak, and we are looking at the STI up zero point seven percent right now, three thousand and ninety five, and a quick snapshot of uh, where we are right now, right at the top, we've got Jardine Matheson Holdings. It's up three percent at fifty two sixty three, and it's worth noting this morning it just announced on the SGX filings is proposing a share buyback program of up to $250 million. And this will run to the end of June next year. And Johnny Madison says the purpose of the buyback is to reduce the company's capital and is in line with its previously announced capital allocation policy. And behind Jardin, you've got Wilmer up 1.2%, DBS up 1%. All the banks are up right now around 0.8% for UOB and OCBC. At the bottom of the table, you've got Singtel down 0.8%, Taibev, Genting, and Maple Tree Industrial Trust close behind. So mostly in the green right now, just six names in red. Central bank chiefs sounding reassuring notes on inflation. China considers raising power prices. We'll have more on China's electricity crunch and the companies that stand to benefit right here on this show. Your money. Stay with me. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.